Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. I was lucky enough to have the one and only Rugby League Lounge on to talk a bit about news and updates that are going on around the league. It was a great little chat, a long one at that, so I'll leave you to it. Make sure your power on, guys. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. And, you know, why not have the only, one and only, should I say, rugby league lounge on to talk about some news and updates. How you doing, big fella? Yeah, I'm doing really well, mate. Um, cheers for having me on. Um, like I was telling you, off, off, um, off recording, it's good to actually chat some footy with someone. I feel like I've um, been a bit you know, been a bit in the been in the dark over the off season, but yeah, it's good to kind of as the season is coming to to a start. It's good to um, talk to you today, mate. Yeah, cheers, man. Cheers for coming on. Um, we'll get straight into it. A bit of Broncos news here. Uh, it says Kevin Walters has told Ezra Man that he will feature in next month's trial match and is still in the mix for round one next to Adam Reynolds. Now there are a lot of choices for the Broncos number six got uh you know tyson gamble albert kelly tamari martin's also in the conversation now you add ezra man and he is just a freaking cute cup what are your thoughts on this one bro yeah ezra man's one of those guys i've heard his name pop up um but to be fair to you i've seen his name more than i've actually seen him play himself but i watched a little bit of highlights of him and yeah he's definitely got the explosiveness doesn't he and the x factor so it's interesting that he's in the mix but when you do look at that bronco spine if all goes to well and say he's able to earn that spot and kind of live up to the hype straight away, he's what they need in terms of that impact. Because, look, even though I love a, love a Tyson Gamble, the energy he brings, um, and Albert Kelly as well, they don't probably, they're not probably, they don't, how should I avoid this? The defense won't be fearing them like they would a, you know, a, an Ezra man that's able to fire straight away. So I think if he's able to, you know, impress early, it could be very dangerous for the Broncos. But, yeah, no, I'd like to know your thoughts on it as well, mate. Um, I honestly think it'd be great for Adam Reynolds to have someone off the cuff with him again. I know that he works so well uh, with guys like Cody Walker, who he's had with him at South Sydney for years, who, who is just off the cuff, explosive, wants the ball in their hands, stuff like that. I think that suits a guy like um, Adam Reynolds really well. So I think that's what Ezra Mann sort of brings to the table. It sort of brings Adam Reynolds uh, a bit to... Adam Reynolds is used... The way I'm going to word this is Adam Reynolds is used to controlling the team, being the head man, and then having guys like Cody Wolf, guys like Ezra Mann run the field, wanting the ball in their hands, off the cuff, ready to go. So I think that Ezra Mann, he's just the perfect sort of partner there for Adam Reynolds. We talk about Tyson Gamble as well, a bigger body. We talk about Tamari Martin, who has just been sensational for the Cowboys in the past and he's come back, obviously, um, from having those head injuries. I mean, Ezra Man though, his name really stands out just just because of that explosiveness we were talking about. I think he'd be unreal 
um, for the Broncos with Adam Reynolds. Um, yeah, another, like, another, like, hmm. oh, sorry to cut you off, but like you said, for I think you summed that brilliantly in terms of you know em, you can't really emulate emulate the combination of Walker and Reynolds, but the closest you're going to get to it is Man and Reynolds. So, and at the end of the day, they made finals footy, you know, but you know, for a good run and made the grand final last year, and uh, they were, you know, so close to winning the premiership even without Latrell. So, yeah, you're on the money there with that one, mate. Yeah, for sure. I honestly can't wait to see how the Broncos look in 2022. I think that Ezra Man could end up getting the trial game spot, um, but. Yeah, it is going to be so interesting to see. There's so many people you could put in that number six jersey, and I think they all would suit. But for me, I'd go for Ezra Man. Sam McIntyre, he said that he is focused on locking in a place within the 17 each week for the Titans. He's also picked, been picked in the North Bears uh, Q Cup side as well. Um, what are your thoughts on Sam McIntyre? I think he's a legend. Yeah, he's one of those guys that goes out there and does his job. It'd be interesting to see if he will went to more of like a one of those well now well known or professional i shouldn't use professional because every team that's in the nrl is professional organization but in terms of like a, a melbourne storm or a sydney roosters just goes there and plugs in because sometimes when teams are still trying to search for that same success they sometimes can get you know caught in a in a spot where maybe you're pushing them a little bit too far but in terms of Sam McIntyre um, and the Titans, the Titans definitely are going in the right direction. Hopefully, he's able to cement a spot and find his form. I just hope that there's not too many pieces in the same... The biggest worry about the Titans is there seems to be a lot of players in the same boat. Still young, still lack experience. Yes, a lot of potential, but just hopefully there's enough um, of that experience and leadership to help those young fellas out. But, yeah, no, good on Sam McIntyre. It'll be interesting to see how he goes because, like you said, not that I don't have, like, the best analysis on him. He does seem like a good bloke from what I've seen. Yeah, I think he'd be awesome as a 13 as well. He's got an interesting set of ball skills. When he was over at the Tigers, I thought he was unreal as well. Um, but, yeah, I honestly can't wait to see how he goes. He's going to be an absolute freak, in my opinion. And even if he comes off the bench, uh, he'll definitely have a huge impact on that side. And speaking of the Titans, Patrick Herbert says he's using the missed pass in the finals last year as motivation for 2022. Now, I have nothing against Patrick Herbert at all. Uh, and I don't even blame him for that pass, to be honest. He said it worded it beautifully in a nine interview. I think he said something like, like, Nine times out of ten, you pass the ball, and I chose not to. Um, and he said that he's going to use that as motivation to fuel him uh, for uh, this year. And I, I have a big raps on Patrick Herbert. I think he's going to play really well. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, Patrick Herbert. I remember when he um, was with the Warriors, and he made an impression early on. I think he was, and then correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was coming. He his debut was against Melbourne Storm, and he made a real impression on the wing, and it was his def- um, defense. And it was more just he was confident just to make a play. He would rush up on defense, but the timing was great. And in terms of that play, um, referred to another Storm game with Justin Nolan for a dummy early in the year against the Panthers, 
and um, was held up, you know, by a superb effort. But I think it was kick down a few others. And yes, I think he got a bit of flack for that. But Patrick Herbert, obviously, when it comes to finals footy, um, that cost him a spot to go further. Whereas Olin was, you know, early in the year. And even though it was a big game at the time, obviously not as much a stake as um, Patrick Herbert had. But yeah, I like Patrick Herbert. But I think a lot of players would have dummied there. And at the end of the day, it would have been a high percentage of chances that would have gone through. Tyron defense, catch him with the dummy, but he made the wrong he made the wrong play um, at the end of the day. But you got to love his attitude about it. And, yeah, like well, I think you might have already said it, but, yeah, he's just glad um, he was the one that made the mistake because not many people will be able to cop it. So, yeah, I think, I think that's great, um, especially, yeah, we've already talked about the youth. There's a lot of young guys on the side. He's not overly old as well, but... It's good that he's able to take it on on his chin. So yeah, I'm excited to see how he fits into the team. Actually, I think he is a low key valuable piece for the Titans. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I um, I really like Patrick Herbert to be honest. I think he's got a lot of potential, uh, and I think his attitude towards that um, missed pass was unreal. To be honest, unreal. Uh, great stuff there for Patrick Herbert. Now, unfortunately, a bit of bad news. The World Club Challenge has officially been called off for 2022. I am spewing. I would have loved to watch the Penrith Panthers <laughs> go up against, I think it was St. Helens who won the Super League Premiership. That would have been sick. Are you as spewing as me? Uh, you know, I can, contri- I, can, I can contain it a little bit, mate. Um, did we miss? There wasn't a World Club Challenge last year, was there? As no, well? we missed it. Yeah, oh, damn. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to survive two years in a row, but uh, it's one of those things, like, um, uh, it's interesting that that World Club Challenge, and this will be a topic for another day, but i love to see just them, I don't know how they do it, but make it a competitive game somehow, a competitive concept. I know at one stage they were throwing three teams against each other, and I don't think that really... I remember when I first started watching League, I used to love it, because I think that Leeds team was... You know, it was a great side. Yeah, like the Kevin Sinfield of the world, Rob Rob Burrow, um, who's probably my favourite player ever to come out of Super League. And yeah, like there was some, there was some teams that I remember when growing up, some iconic Super League team, but it just doesn't seem to have that feel um, anymore. And yeah, it's one of those games I can definitely do without. But at the end of the day, I would I would love to see it revamped. So and this is obviously stunting that potential opportunity to see the the World Club Challenge kind of grow again. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'll, I'll be okay. I'm not as spewing as you, mate. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, I am absolutely spewing. I would have loved to watch the World Cup Challenge and I really would have loved to see how Nathan Cleary goes up against that Super League side. Uh, they would have obviously been without Kevin Aguilar because he's roosted now, but it still would have been very interesting to see for me. And I'm, I'm spewing, man. I would have loved to watch that for sure. Um, yeah. little insight into Raiders camp. Ricky Stewart says Xavier Savage is in contention for the fullback jersey in 2022. I've heard a lot of stuff uh, about this as well. I've heard that um, uh, Charles Nicol Klockstad, who usually plays in that one jersey, he might move into the centres. Uh, and then you've obviously got Xavier Savage, who comes in there, rips and tears at fullback. I thought he was unreal in his debut. What are your thoughts on big Xavier Savage? Yeah, he's got some talent that's pretty rare, to be honest. That speed, um, explosiveness as well. Look, it's one of those things. The biggest X factor of this move is Charles Nickel Clockstead. And I think the center role, if you had to rate, kind of rank the importance of, of positions, the center 
position kind of does rank would be quite low on that list. Them in second rows. Now you can pick apart that as you want, but I do believe the center role can be executed um, to a higher level than it has been. Like you see, obviously you see it with wingers, but obviously it's Tommy Turbo and we can't really compare Tommy Turbo to anyone else. But if Chance is able to be at center, um, yeah, the worry there is that he will be underutilized because I love it for Savage. I think it's great for Savage. I don't think he will have a great impact on the wing because he's undersized, but I'd love to see Chance be a roaming center. Also, I think he'd be great for that right side defense as well because they definitely were found out um, found out on the edge defense last year. And I think he'll be great vocal. He's a great vocal leader um, at the back, but I think he'll be great in that line as well. So I like the idea of it. I just hope... Ricky makes a decision and sticks with it. And um, yeah, it's one of those things. I just hope the, I love the move for Savage. I just hope that if Chance does move to center, we can see the best out of him because potentially that could be his uh, position as well for the Kiwis at the end of the world, um, at the end of the year, if we're able to get a World Cup. So look, I, I like it, um, but I do see a potential for it to fail as well how about um or would you you slide him to center to make way for um for savage look it's it's a tough one because they definitely don't like centers they've got sebastian chris in there i'm worried about jared croker to be honest he's a bit off form in 2021 especially at the start which is why we didn't really see him in the side uh, i'm exactly. really really worried for jared croker because Charles moves into that centre spot. We don't see Croker for a long time. That's just what I think. I think if Charles moves into that centre spot, we won't. We could potentially even see Jared Croker even retire. I think I don't even know how old he is at the moment, but look, his form definitely. And this is no disrespect to Jared Croker because he's an absolute legend. At one point, he was one of the best centres in the game, in my opinion. Um, but just recently, he sort of slipped in form. Um, and I think it's quite unfortunate for him as well. Uh, I think he knows that. I, I really hope that he comes into 2022 prepared, ready to rip and tear, and really shows us that he deserves to be in that center spot. I think Charles moves there anyway, but I think it's going to be a real shit fight between Sebastian Chris and Jared Croker for that center spot, to be honest. Yeah, it's just a reality. Is they made a grand final in the first year Charles was there, and obviously he was fullback, so... It's one of those things that he has definitely, and I know last year was a bit different, but he dealt with injuries. And when he came back, Raiders did seem to have a sense of life. So it's just one of those things where, like, I, like yeah, like we, we've, we've kind of already talked about. I could definitely see the positives and the negatives. But, yeah, you're, sadly, you're on, on the money about Croker, mate, um, which is sad to see because he has been one of the, the good guys in rugby league. You won't see many people that aren't fans of Jared Croker, but... I think there is a chance this year that we might be seeing him, you know, kind of hand the band over to either Sebastian Chris or Chance or one of those. They've got a lot of young centres there too. So, yeah, sad to see, but he's had a great career. So, hey, he could prove us wrong and have another rejuvenation similar to the Morris Twins. We never know. I, I bloody hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong for Jared. Um, going, Moving on, though, going on to the next update here, Mitchell Dunn is reportedly preparing to shift into the middle for 2022. I like this, and I only like it if he's a locked forward. Now, early on, 
when he was playing when he was playing mostly reserve grade, he was playing in the six jersey. So I think he'd be moving to the thirteen. If we're talking middle thirteen, I reckon it's a great move for him. I don't think he's a front rower. I think he's either a back rower, just because of the size, or a lock forward for me, just with the ball skills. The fact he can play six, I, I would really be spewing if he isn't in that 13 jersey. What about you? What are your thoughts on Mitch Dunn? I really like Mitch Dunn. Um, as you know, being a league fan, it can get pretty um, dim in the forward department for the Queensland side. Now, there's a big call, but when I was kind of having a dissect last year, um, I just wondered if Mitch Dunn could get a call up just in terms of, and they, the Queensland have done out of blue selections before, but I even thought he was kind of earning in the earning his spot there. Even I don't think I would have picked him. Don't get me wrong, but he definitely was a name that wasn't really brought up that I thought maybe should have. And if he is able to go to the thirteen this year, definitely good. I I really do like him. Um, like you said, I think if he's if he is in the middle, um, he would be a thirteen. The only issue is for me is there's another thirteen there. It's not JT actually. It's I think JT can still have the same impact in the props, still need to sort his minutes out. Um, but Ruben Cotter, he's a guy I really like. Um, look, they could share minutes with him and Robson, but I really like Reese Robson as a hooker um, and Ruben Cotter more as a 13. So that's the only thing. There's a few medals there for um, Cowboys, even though I think it's going to be an interesting year for the Cowboys. That's probably a polite way of saying not a very good year. Um, but they've got <laughs> some really good young so so let's just i'm just interesting because i got a good mate um that's actually from where i live in the in the coast griffin name he he really impressed um and i'm not saying this to be biased but he he had three games at the end of last year um he's a he probably might know him he's a redhead and he debuted um against the tigers i believe um the I same do, i remember the name yeah, the same the same day game as Jeremy Nanai debuting. And you obviously got Lukey who can play middle and edge. So they've got a young talent, but I do like Mitch Dunn there. And even if it's not, you know, like I was envisioning Cotter to go into 13. But if it's Mitch Dunn, I'd be stoked, like either way, because that means that obviously he's been utilised to his best position and also potentially Jason Tamalolo, probably still the year best player still is going to be playing more of a role that is going to best utilise his, you know, freakish talents as well. Yeah, totally agree, bro. Um, moving on to the next and probably one of the more discussed topics in the last two to three days. Matthew Lodge, Kenny Bromwich, off to the Dolphins, apparently, reportedly in 2023. I reckon this is a huge signing for the Dolphins. They've got Jesse Bromwich. They've got Kenny Bromwich. They've got Felice Kafusi and they've got Matthew Lodge. I mean, if that doesn't scream hectic forward pack, I don't know what is. They've also got Ray Stone over there, which I really like. I mean, I honestly cannot wait for 2023 to see these Dolphins and, and the completed side. It is going to be hectic. I honestly cannot wait. What are your thoughts about this one? Just before we um, start off, did you mean Matthew Lodge or did you mean Matt Nichols? It was Mark Nichols, isn't it? It's gone no, there. Matthew Lodge is also signed there as well. And Mark Nichols is signed there. Yeah, that's what, that's what it says here. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did, that one's crept up on me. Because yeah, um, obviously fun. I knew about the Yeah, that's interesting. And if that is, you know, and I'm, 
I'll, I'll take your word. Um, if that's correct, you know, obviously he's had his issues in the past. You know, you've got to love him being with Wayne Bennett um, as well to sort him out. But, look, a lot of people are going to question the age and all that. But, look, I, I think it's great. Um, it kind of heart, it's a bit heartbreaking for me as a Storm fan. Um, but I know that, you know, we've got a system in place that we're able to replace um, them players. We've got the culture. But in terms of, and I'll stick to that word culture, this is great for, for that. Um, you know, you got guys that are premiership winners. you got guys that, that have won premierships together. Look, a lot of people have made note that they haven't been able to sign any big games, um, big names, referring to the Dolphins. But look, this is a way to attract those big names. Yes, there's times running out, but there's still plenty of big names out there, I believe. Um, you know, and I think that's how you attract them. You get guys that have won premierships, guys that are going to set standards, guys that you want to play with. And look, we've heard a few rumours. Reese Walsh, we might get you a couple couple others. Callum Ponga potentially. But yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, and look, yeah, like you said, Ray Stone's here. Sarko's there. Hopefully he gets used in his best position, which I believe is on the wing. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's really big signings. And yeah, the age, you know, you can look at it two ways, but it's only two-year contracts. And I think, yeah, I think they've done brilliantly here. And they won't be paying overs for them. They'll be paying them reasonable amount of money, but enough to kind of share the cash around. For sure, man. And I think that in terms of experience, in terms of flooding the younger blokes that are probably going to be in the reserve grade tied for the Red Fifth Dolphins, I mean... Oh my god, these signings really do like it. Just said it as you said. We, we'll stick to the word culture. Like it really does set a culture at the club. You've got Wayne Bennett, Peter O'Sullivan, the recruit, one of the best recruitment people in rugby league. Plus, you've got all these guys that, as you as you said, have won premierships, better experienced heads, and as I said before, blooding those younger guys. It is something that you will cherish as a coach of a club. Guys that have that have got can get the job done week in week out, and we get it the age as well. But as you said, two year contracts they'll be gone in those two years. Probably most likely retire or maybe even sign back one for another one year. I mean, it is just good to have those guys around the club. And at the end of the day, talk about building the coaching staff. Once those guys retire, where do you think they'd be yep. going? They'd probably be sticking with Wayne, to be honest. And that's why I really like these signings, and I honestly can't wait to watch the Dolphins. Um, it's going to be so good, man. And 100%. Even once they retire, their impact will still be felt. Um, yeah. And I I'm actually, I'm going to bring up the storm again, but I am a bit nervous about the storm. Obviously, Redcliffe, obviously more the Queensland area. But look, these these Melbourne guys go there and they, you know, speak about, you know, how, how good it is at Redcliffe. And then you get you you get this wave of Melbourne veterans and you might get a next wave and next wave. So, I think at the end of the day, I think this is another sign, and a lot of people have referred to it. This, the, the biggest detriment to, um, you know, the biggest, what's the word, the team that's going to be affected the most or franchise about, um, in, in reference to the Dolphins becoming 17th team, is potentially the Storm. And um, this is just another reason why. Yeah, for sure, man. Totally agree. Um, another little update here. Talking about the St. George Illawarra Dragons now, talking about the young guys coming through their squad. Tyrell Sloan, not only has he signed until 2024, but he's now in the top 30 squad for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. I love this signing. 
I think he's got a lot of potential at that fullback role. I think he's pretty much cemented it now that Duffy's gone. What are your thoughts on young gun Tyrone Sloan? Yeah, like we obviously we referred to Xavier Savage before, and maybe I think Xavier Savage probably has a bit more speed and explosiveness, but they've got similar like kind of you know reasons. Um, when you watch them, they've got that when they touch the ball, you get excited. Like they've just got that X factor, and that's what you want. Um, and Sloan is one of many um, within that spine too. Bud Sullivan, uh, Amone, um, believe that's how it's pronounced. So it'll just be interesting because Raiders do have kind of like a money, uh, not the Raiders, sorry, the Dragons have a bit of a money ball side where they got veterans in there. And obviously they kind of overachieved last year before the old barbecue gate, um, you know, happened. But it's just interesting what they will do this year. You know, will you focus on developing talent or try to make the eight at the end of the day, what are you getting? Like, yes, it's good to win games and it's good for the confidence of the young guys too. But is, is that going to be of the sacrifice of, you know, playing an imbi over a, a Monet or playing someone else in the fullback role instead of Sloan? Um, yeah. It's just going to be really interesting what they do, especially with hook. I think hooks not there for, for a rebuild as such. Um, yeah, what do you what do you reckon about the direction of the dragons? Um, it's a, obviously it's a promising sign, and I love that they've wrapped them up. But I'm just really interested to see how they develop Sloan and the others. Well, I think that most of the signings they have made are sort of to blood these guys through. I think mm. Moses Mbai was probably the biggest one for them, and I know that Moses Mbai probably isn't on everyone's tongues when we talk about the best five eight or the best hooker, the best fullback, but. He pretty much plays every single position that these guys are going to be playing in 2022. Uh, so we're talking about a guy that can help blood these guys, help them get used to first grade football. I think it's Moses Embiid for sure. And I think, I don't think Embiid was really signed. I think it's very similar to the Benji Marshall signing. It's sure. not so much, I, I, I don't think it's so much so a signing for him to be cemented in the side, Moses Embiid. I think it's probably going to be his last few years in the NRL, to be honest. And it's going to be him sort of helping these guys consistently make first grade football, become better players. Uh, it's going to be an awesome year for Tyrell Sloan, for Jaden Sullivan, uh, and for Junior Amone as well. I honestly can't wait for these three to just rip and tear on the field. I, I think they definitely deserve it too. I think they just have the world of talent. Uh, and I think that while... Well, the coach is sort of, you know, playing that money ball direction. I think it's probably going to work for the Dragons in 2022. Uh, just with these three guys, I think it's the sole focus should be about how these three guys play uh, in 2022. No, it's fair call what you brought up about him by. I guess I hope you are right. Um, and obviously he can, he can fill in where need be, um, depending on injuries, suspensions and all that. So... Yeah, we're interested to see his impact. But yeah, hopefully he he does play that role similar to a Benji. That'll be that'll be exactly what they need. I just get a bit scared that they will, you know, get a little bit, I guess nervous might not be the right word, but kind of worry about wanting to think, oh, we'll put this experienced guy in to help out the young fellas, um, even though it might be taken away, you know, the the explosiveness and exuberance that those young fellas could bring. Yeah, I totally agree there, bro. I, I honestly can't wait to see Tyrell Stein rip and tear. Can't wait to see Bud Sullivan rip and tear. Can't wait to see Junior Ramon rip and tear. 
it honestly for me it all counts on where they put these guys uh, mm. it, it's going to be interesting to see where these guys actually play now a guy that we haven't really talked about in a long while he played for the roosters he went off to manly and didn't really play much sort of filled in on the wing a bit but brendan elliott he signed with the cowboys for 2022 what are your thoughts on this one? I think it's quite an interesting one. Oh, I, I do feel like they did lack a bit of depth in the, in the outside backs. Not that they lacked too much, but I think they did lack a tiny bit in the outside backs. Uh, I think the sort of benefits of Brendan Elliott is he can play centre, wing, fullback. Um, it's gonna it's a it's a decent signing. Um, I I just didn't really expect it. I, I haven't really heard his name in a while. So, what are your thoughts on Brendan Elliott signing with the Cowboys? Yeah, poor Brendan Elliott. As soon as you brought up his name, I thought about that night side that was just, um, you know, kind of making a name for himself as that wooden spoon team for a few years. Um, he was there. I'm just, I've just looked him up then because I was just making sure I was on the money. He was actually at the Roosters and, uh, yeah, 2014, 2016, and then played for the Knights, um, 2016, 2017. Um, yeah, he's it's a funny one with the cows. Um, look, I won't be, it'll be interesting. Like we talked about the youth, he's some guy that's you know been around a few different teams and he's been in some good systems. Um, he's been like we said, the Roosters, the Seagulls. It'll be interesting to see what that that impact and he can bring there and he can fill in a lot of positions. Um, look, it's one of those things where. Uh, yeah, I just don't know. It's nothing like when I, I saw the signing and I acknowledged it, but I'm not making too much of a deal out of it. Um, but hey, it could be could be one of those one of those signings where it does kind of depend on his impact, depending on their luck with injuries and all that, and he can go on and fill a job. I think I do remember actually. Yeah, was he when Tom Dvorovich was injured there for a while? I think he slotted at the back. Um, and I don't think they did great, but look, Tom, Tom's a big loss to overcome. But yeah, I'm not buzzing about the signing, but look, I understand why the signing was made. Yeah, I'm sort of in the same boat with you. I think it's a, it's a decent one. I just, yeah, I, it was kind of a shock to me. It was weird seeing his name for the first time in a while. I think he went up to the Super League for a little while. Um, Lee Suterians, he played yeah. for. Played 11 yeah. games over two seasons. Uh, oh, they got him for 2021, 2022. Um, yeah, so, yeah, played 11 games here last year, yep. Yeah, very interesting little signing, uh, to be honest. I, w- I was not expecting it one bit. Um, a signing, oh, sorry to cut you off, but a signing I keep forgetting about for the Cowboys, and he's kind of, obviously, I think he's obviously a better player than Brendan Elliott, but kind of fits that void of he can be thrown in a few different positions. The back line is Peter Huku. I'm just to see how he goes at the Cowboys. I think he's a signing that's been overlooked a bit, but there was times in the season, um, a car uh, times in his footy career where, look, he his his way of connecting with the wings, even though you know you look at him and think, oh yeah, he doesn't look like much, a bigger body, kind of looked like a dad that just you know picked up a footy <laughs> ball and was out, would somehow make it work and would you know shimmy away from his player, um, beat a tackle or set up his you know, winger with a flick pass. He had a great way of, um, you know, putting his winger over. I think he might have, he might have been on the inside of David Fusatua quite a lot when he, or might have came out. It was one of the seasons, David Fusatua, Kimamalo had a top try score season. And I think he was 
you know, the main um, assist man for for whoever that was. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a big signing. But, yeah, when I think of that kind of filling in um, role, um, I think of a Peter Hickel, which obviously Brendan Elliott might do as well. So, yeah, that's why I thought, oh, I don't know if they need a Brendan Elliott, but they got a Peter Hickel. Yeah, for sure, man. I honestly uh, can't wait to see how this signing goes. Hopefully it's a good one for Brendan Elliott. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm just very interested to see uh, what he can do and where he will fit into the side in 2022. Um, mm. Tohu Harris, he is expected to return from his ACL injury in May. How good is that for the Warriors? So good. So Man. good. I'm I'm a little bit mixed on the Warriors this season, and I tend to actually be on the more negative end of the scale just because um, of the value of of Tohu Harris and what they're going to miss um, at that start of the season. But he's huge for them. Uh, for a bigger body, obviously played a lot on the edge and now his best position is probably as a lot forward. Um, yeah, no, huge, huge. Um, he was always, there's an interesting statistic they do that um, VB, VB hard-earned index that the, the NRL.com do. Um, but he's always up there and that's just, you know, if, it's always highlights kind of your effort plays in that. And along with that, he brings a, a good set of ball um, ball skills as well. So, yeah, that's huge um, for the for the Warriors. One of the best signings they've had in recent years, to be honest, um, from what I can remember anyway. Yeah, for sure. I love Tohu Harris. Um, I'm so happy that he's back. He's probably one of my favourite players over there, to be honest. He's such a hard worker. And, yeah, can't wait to, to see him come back into the competition uh, from that ACL injury, they were always a pain in the ass to come back from. Um, but I can't wait to see him come back, rip and tear for the club. It is going to be one to watch. Now, we sort of hinted at it before, but Reese Walsh is reportedly the next target for the Dolphins. And look, this comes off the back of, you know, he's got a bunch of family over here. He wasn't really keen on the idea of leaving uh, the Sunshine Coast in Queensland which is where I think the Dolphins, are, oh, sorry, the Warriors, sorry, are currently situated. Um, so I think Wayne's sort of taken a whiff of that um, and he's now reportedly the next target, Reese Walsh. So what are your thoughts on this one? I really like it. I think he's going to be a, a damaging fullback if he does go over there and it really depends who they sign in the halves, to be honest. I think Milford's going to be over there. It really depends who wears the six and seven for me. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, as soon as it got reported, that made a lot of sense. Um, you know, and he had a bit of an off-field issue too. So, you know, I think that, you know, you hate to see it, but I think at the end of the day, it's good, you know, you learn from those lessons. And I think also if he's able to be, you know, we've referred to that culture already, I think it would be a great mix for him to be um, jumped into. Yeah, and I could just see, and, you know, I don't know Reese obviously, but... um. If you know, you can just imagine being homesick um, to a degree. Too. Yes, I know they're playing in Aussie at the moment, but um, it just makes it just makes a lot of sense. I'd be very surprised if the Dolphins actually don't land either him or Kalen Ponga. Um, look, if Kalen Ponga absolutely brains for the Knights and they somehow look better than what they're expected to, he might you know be convinced to stay there. Um, but if not, I do think Kalen Pong has a very good chance of going to the Red Cliff. If not, I think they will probably set their targets to to Reese Walsh. And I'd be quite surprised if um yeah, one of them two isn't landed for the for the Dolphins. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting with the Haas. Obviously, like you're just starting off and if they sign Reese Walsh, 
you know, you've got you've got a lot of years, so you don't have to find that perfect, you know, combination straight away. But I am interested to see who they're going to target. And then we talk, we're going to talk about Wayne Bennett again. We'll talk about Milford. If anyone's going to get the best out of Milford, it is Wayne Bennett. So, um, and he's proven it. He's really proven it already. So, look, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but, yeah, like I said, we'll be very surprised if Walsh or Ponga aren't landed by the Dolphins. Yeah, totally. And uh, I honestly think they could get both KP and Walsh and get away with it. You could play one at, at, in the one jersey, one in the six jersey, or, you know, it's just, it's crazy. It is crazy to think about building a new club in the NRL, and I haven't been alive, to be honest, to watch any other clubs sort of come into the competition. But, yeah. I mean, this is so exciting for me because you just get to see Wayne, who is probably like the best coach ever to step onto the hard, oh, not the hardwood, sorry, I was going to say the hardwood like basketball, I don't know what I'm talking about, to step onto <laughs> the rugby league field. But, um, oh man, I can't wait to see what they do at the Dolphins. And Reese Walsh, I mean, hey, is such an electric talent. KP also. And as I said, you could play either of them in the one or the six. You play KP at one, Reese Walsh at six, or vice versa, and it would work. So honestly, I think they could get away with signing either one or just both of them. So it'd be very interesting to see what they're going to do. But, geez, I would love to see Reese Walsh over there, Rick and Theron. Yeah, it would be great. And you just feel like he will be, like we said, he'll be playing his best footy um, if he's at the Dolphins, uh, for sure. Yeah, I, I do think I do think they will struggle to have both of them under the books. Like, but, yeah, because, you know, you'd have to think Pong will be over Mill and Reese Walsh, I think, has arguably just highest potential as Pong as well. Um, teams that benefit, you know, either Redcliffe benefits, gets one of them, and then there's a Broncos and or some some other team, you know, that could swoop them up as well. So, yeah, it's a, it's exciting. I am excited about the Dolphins. I won't go too much longer, but I just miss. I was, you know, I started watching the rugby league in 2009, so... The Titans had been in there for it would have been their third year, so I kind of got the Mister Rebuild and how they did it. Um, but yeah, like as soon as I started watching, they were already a top four team. So it's very cool as a rugby league fan, you know, almost fifteen years in that I get to see finally get to see a proper, you know, re, a proper starting point for a club. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, totally. Um, we'll get through two news updates, and I got a little magic question at the end for you, but. Nelson, unfortunately, won't be playing in 2022. He, he's been told by the Storm he will not play. There's been a lot of drama due to the vaccination sort of thing. I'm so, so upset we won't see Big Nelson 2022. He was electric, and he was in some probably career-best form playing in that 13 jersey. He just looked unstoppable. I'm so, so upset we won't get to see him. What are your thoughts on this one? Oh, mate. Um, yeah, gutted. Um, yeah, pretty gutted. Um, look, he... That's my biggest concern, actually, in terms of this season as a Storm fan. Um, look, we've lost, we've lost, you know, Hines, Finucane, all that. But I think, actually, one of our biggest factors was Nelson. No one, not many other... I don't... Yeah, I can't think of any other team that can bring on a, you know... Over two meters, this big giant offloading ability, 
Um, I'd call him like the unicorn of NRL. <laughs> People who can, you know, obviously know unicorn from that term's been used in basketball, but the guy, the big guy that can kind of do everything. And Nelson was a guy that just caused havoc. Um, yeah. yeah, he just was something, especially with the game of today, when forwards get, you know, it's such a quick game and forwards are busted. He can come on and how are you going to handle it size even when you're fresh? Um, he's been able to control that aggression a bit better too. Yeah, huge, huge loss for the um, for the Storm, especially also Tui, Tui Kamikamifa. He had a bit of issues over the offseason as well. Um, look, I don't think he was going to somewhat fill that role of Nelson, but he was going to you know, do a similar job to an extent, especially with that size. I got, think he's one of our more underrated players, but yeah, I think it's huge. Um, and I, I lost to I lost to the, um, to the Storm big time. No, 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 he's just so hectic. And going on to the next one, not to be the bringer of bad news, but I certainly am acting like it today, Blake Ferguson. <laughs> so just to give you a bit of a rundown on this one, Obviously, went over to the Japanese rugby. He was about to start the season, and then they let him go. Straight after that, he, he gets caught in possession of drugs, uh, and then you know he's in now. He's in Japanese prison. Now the Knights, the Newcastle Knights, not knowing that he was in Japanese prison, contacted his manager and, and offered him a contract. Oh, wouldn't have they been spewing? Wouldn't he be spewing right now? Sitting there behind bars, thinking, geez, he could have been still playing in the NRL for the Newcastle Knights. It's just so upsetting. Um, and he was going all right at the back end of at the back end of last year as well, in, especially in that Parramatta Knights game. He looked unreal in that game. And oh, I just think it's so unfortunate. I'm really spewing for Fergo. He could have been in the Newcastle Knights. Could have been playing alongside KP, Jake Clifford. Depending on who they sign at the seven, going playing with all those guys, I mean, it is just really upsetting. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this one? Because as I said, just like the Nelson one, I'm gutted for Fergo. Yeah, obviously it's really unfortunate for Fergo. Obviously, you know he's made a decision that's affected, you know, his future. Um, but still, you know, he, yeah, it's uh, very unfortunate. Um, and gathering for the nights, um, obviously had the opportunity to. You know, have Fergo and look off the top of my head. Yeah, obviously for Fergo, maybe he would have loved to land in a premiership ready side. But in terms of a club needing Fergo services, Knights are right up there um, for me. They've got an interesting backline full of talent. Obviously, got some great young guns and Brad and Beths. Um, Ponga, who I wouldn't really class as a young gun, he's definitely, you know, done his, done his trade, of, of course. Um, but yeah, Heimel Hunt's another one. There's a couple of other guys off the top of my head as well. But yeah, I think he would have been a great combination. Um, big wingers are just big wing wingers that get for a lot of yardage. Like, you know, you can't get enough of them in the NRL these days. The best teams in the comp have those types of players. So he would have been great for them. And also, like, I think him and Dane Gagai would have just been great for for that, you know, that young, young side um, in terms of on the field and off the field. Um yeah, I, I think it's yeah, it's disappointing for Fergo. Hopefully, you know, it sorts itself out. Um, but yeah, yeah, but got it for the Knights. They can't seem to catch a break at the moment. Obviously, with um Jaden Braley's um, injury, obviously Mitch Pierce left as well. Um I feel real bad for um Adam O'Brien too. 
Uh, I rate him quite highly as a coach. And look, I don't think he should be under pump this year. He's been in some great organisations. And he's actually had a lot more success than the rest of the night's coaches of of late. So, um, yeah, it it does really, the night's fans, I feel for them. Yeah, same here, man. And yeah, geez, the night's fans would be absolutely gutted not having Virgo in their side. I'm on. No, I. Yeah. And they lost Connor Watson, too. Yeah, they lost Connor Watson. I mean, that's just crazy. It's it's a tough one for Knights fans. Jaden Braley as well injured. I mean, oh, it's going to be a tough season for them to get through, honestly. Bottom um, four for me. Yeah, same here. I, 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 it's disappointing to say that, and I hope I'm wrong, but I have to agree with you there. Got bottom four for sure. Um, and that's disappointing for them too because they are capable of so much more too. Now, the biggest thing oh, sorry, biggest yes, the biggest sex factor for them, sorry, is um, Andrew Johns going back there. Biggest sex factor. Um, oh, look, yeah. He's, yeah, you know, he's just one guy, but um, we've seen what he – I think he's improved Mitchell Moses out of sight um, in terms of being an actual halfback. So I'll be interested to see what he does with – not, yeah, obviously the Knights in general, but um, with Clifford as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't – yeah. I Other than that, I can't really – be too optimistic about the Knights. Yeah, totally agree. So finally, we've got to the end here. Let's go with the golden question. Can Cam Munster, (laughs) I know you're excited, I'm excited too. Can Cam Munster (laughs) get back to his best? I bloody hope so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Master, um, I had a bit of a rant last year at one point. Um, oh, this is in the off season. This is when the news came out about him and old hold um Brandon Smith, buddy, with the laundry powder, should we say? Um, <laughs> and I, I um, yeah, I was on with Joel from League of Inches, and look, I didn't think I needed to, but I really got it off my chest, and like it was quite a moment for me. Like, Jesus, I was holding so much in because I didn't think it bothered me too much. But um, look, he's one of those guys I've been fortunate enough as a Storm fan to have, you know, the likes of Smith there, Slater, Cronk. Um, and for me, I thought, oh, sweet. I think Muntz has gone through his apprenticeship, so we say, as not just a player, but as a, as a, as a leader as well. And that, yeah, he's just going to handle, you know, just going to handle the pressure. He had an incident, you know, the first week after the finals footy, and he didn't have a great he didn't have a great season. He coasted through it. Um, but look, it's and, and everyone's been panicking. Oh, this is the first time the Melbourne Storm have had dramas. Blah blah blah. I'm like, well, yes and no. Um, they've had dramas before, but I want to more assess how the Storm deal with dramas in comparison to the not so good teams. Look, he's gone on a, I think I believe like a one year alcohol ban or something like that. Um, they're really putting into place. They're they're keeping them in check. Now he's gonna it's gonna come out either one or two ways. The the worst way for a Storm fan is that it doesn't work out. Blah blah. Uh, but in the day, look, it might be a bit of a bad egg for our culture, and Redcliffe or someone else might strip him up. And look, it'd suck to lose him. But hey, at the end of the day, the club's more important than much itself. Second is obviously what you said. He could absolutely brain it this year and really kind of take it onto his shoulders. Um, look, obviously, I'm rooting for that possibility. And you know what? From what I've heard and from little, you know, just little, you know, obviously probably more of a gut and a heart feeling, um, I think he will, mate. I honestly think he will. And, you know, I think he understands how important he is to this side. 
and understands the responsibility how responsible he is for the side's success. Uh, yeah, and he, he opened up about the gambling um, side of things, and I think that it was huge, um, basically saying, you know, he was would be, and before games, on you know, checking his bets and, you know, be losing big, big amounts of cash and, look, all that stuff, it really, obviously, obviously I can't speak, you know, how that would feel, but I can just only imagine, um, look, that would be weighing on you heavily. So, I think he is going to be in the freshest mind state that he could possibly be in um, post what's happened. And I think Storm have a lot of credit to him. He's got a lot um, to be credited as well. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I, I think he will, mate. And um, you kind of um, really address how you feel. But would you do you think – do you have that feeling he will as well? Or do you think it might be another year of, you know, months of playing up a little bit and coasting a bit? Well – I go back all the way to Brad Fitler. He, um, you know, he had a problem with alcohol for a little while as well, uh, and then came back from that and absolutely killed it. And we mm. regard him as one of the best players in our game. And I think Munster can do pretty much the exact same thing. And for his sake, I hope so. I, th- I definitely think he's going to be a future captain of the club as well. So I think it is all up from here for Munster. He's off the drink now. He's ready to go. I reckon he's going to rip and tear in 2022, and I possibly think it is going to be one of his best seasons that we've seen him play. Sure. Well, yeah. thanks for having one, mate. I really appreciated it. Mate, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's good to chat some footy with someone. Um, yeah, definitely thought I had a lot a lot more to say than uh, originally I thought, but no, nah, it was good, man. It was, yeah, pleasure to, pleasure to be on. Always um, free to have a chat, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm getting fizzed for the season, mate. It can't come soon enough. Yeah, thanks for having me on, bro. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, yeah.